Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Hello and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Mike Graham, Lone Star Varsity uh, guy here at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Carlos Silva, he's up in Kansas City for the Big 12 Media Days. We brought in someone new, exciting, and uh, longtime podcast listener, but but first-time contributor, our photographer, Brad Tollison. Brad, how are you doing? Mike, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing good. Hey, um... You know, this is fun. This is uh, this is a photographer. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about a photographer's perspective on this thing. You know, you observe the game from a way different angle than I do, and you get to hear what's going on on the field. You get to see things, and, and sometimes we exchange text messages about injuries and things like that. But I'm wondering, what have you learned over the course of the season? You've seen some pretty successful teams here in the Lubbock area. Uh, immediately coming to mind is Lubbock Cooper. They're seven and zero. Coronado six and one. And then you've got Estacado, uh, six and two. So some some pretty good teams, and I know you shot them all. So I'm wondering just your takeaways from them because you're someone that actually knows football. <laughs> I guess you could say I know football. Um, going through the season, I'd say personally that Cooper Lubbock Cooper is the best looking team I've seen and shot so far this season. Uh, the players all look really good. Max Catwinkle seems to be leading the team really well. Uh, last season, we've I followed Escado throughout the whole season, um, and it's real interesting because last year I got to know that team really well, and this year it feels like I don't know anyone on that team for the most part because they graduated so many seniors and there's so many new players that came up the ranks uh, with Joe Cluley's new team over there. And then Coronado, Coronado and Seth Parr always looks really good. Uh, with uh, oh, Sawyer Robertson being the quarterback over there with uh, Blair Conright looking awesome as always. Um, it's been pretty exciting football season so far. Yeah, it really has. I mean, Sawyer Robertson is a, a sophomore. He's thrown for 2,200 yards now, 25 touchdowns to three interceptions. You don't have to know football to know that's pretty good. Blair Conright, 877 yards. Weird thing today, I was doing the stats and noticed that um, D.K. Blaylock, who was another recruited player, you've got Blair Conright. He's probably got a high end of Kansas as far as his offers right now. If we're going to play the Big 12 bias game, that's that's probably um, you know his best offer to date. But that could be changing with the, with the season he's having. You know, going into the season, there were a lot of um, coaches for whatever reason, and I don't know why wanted him to have another productive year and, and he's well on his way um in seven games they, they went they played 14 games last year he ended up with 1500 yards so he's right on pace to do that again with a new quarterback i mean this isn't quite great this is a brand new guy um so really exciting to see what they do but let's go back to uh last season where you really got a hands-on thing with estacado and and really i guess that was your first hands-on experience with a high school football team uh, for, for that degree of time. What did you take away from producing the process? So the process was really interesting. Uh, 
in all my time covering high school football or even college football, I've been really uh, separated away from the team, separated away from uh, how everything happens. I pretty much show up uh, in the sense of like as a mercenary would and that kind of idea. Like I show up, shoot the game, leave, go shoot another game, leave, go edit my photos, go deal with the, the video that we may have, go sh- deal with the the other freelancers' photos. Uh, but with the process last year, I was effectively embedded with the team, with the school, with the players, the coaches, everyone, from uh, fall camp all the way through to the uh, their, their final loss, the Friday night down in Abilene, uh, in the second week of the playoffs. Um, and it was really cool just because you get to learn all of those players' personal stories. You get to go to class with them. You get to deal with the coaches every week and and see the ups and downs of their practices and their their wins and their losses and, and how that affects them and just getting to know them. And even nowadays, like I'll go shoot an Escado game like I did this last week and I had a couple players come up to, up to me during the game or after the game or, or whatever and just be like, hey, how's it going? I haven't seen you around. I was like, I'm doing pretty well. How are you? And it, it's just cool like that there's still that connection even with these players that I haven't been following this season that much. Yeah, no doubt. And, and Brad travels around. He'll be on a flight on Friday um, to Iowa State for the Texas Tech football game up there. So uh, you won't be seeing him around this week. But but you can't miss him because he's like six foot five um, and looks like a tight end. So <laughs> uh, he will be back. Um, and we did some traveling last week. We went down to uh, Snyder. Uh, for a photo shoot that we've got a cool feature store coming up in the near future on um, Logan Green, the quarterback there. He's got a really cool family connection to Snyder, and and we're excited to share that story. Um, And then I I followed up with that and uh, went to their game on Friday where they played Midland Greenwood and really surprised with that outcome, 49-7 to Midland Greenwood. And I I thought that game was kind of a toss-up going into it, and uh, Greenwood just was able to run uh, all over them. And I know that Snyder probably thinks that that was their worst game, and I'm still excited about them because Logan Green's been really productive. Um, in the story, you'll find out that he's got some serious college plans to play uh, major Division One college football as a walk-on somewhere. Um, so I'm not going to bail on Snyder after after having seen them go and, and lose 49-7 in, in one game. Excited to see how they bounce back this week against Sweetwater. A couple of other big games around here. Uh, from last week, which Tall Falls Ryder came in and played Lovett Cooper. And at the beginning of the year, I think that the Wichita Falls Times record and, and we were in agreement that that, that game was going to be for the district championship. And uh, Cooper won that one pretty handedly. It, it was a, I mean, it was grind, but they uh, they came out on top. And um, with the win, Cooper is now one of two teams that are unbeaten all of Region 1 within the Division 2 subset of 5A. The other one's El Paso Parkland, who eliminated them in the postseason last year. But here's, here's the, um, the kicker. Parkland played a game against El Paso Burgess at the beginning of the year, and they decided when they tied at the end of regulation that they weren't going to play overtime. So Cooper is the only truly undefeated team in all of Region 1, which I believe has about 32, 36 schools in it. So that's really surprising. I didn't know you could take a tie uh, to end the game in high school football, knowing that they follow, or at least the UIL follows the NCAA rules within the way they play uh, the overtime format. 
so that's surprising actually to know that they can have a tie in a game like yeah, that. Yeah, really weird and, and we've seen some ties this year just because of lightning um, delays but but under normal circumstances, they'll play that game. But in non-district, you can pretty much do whatever you want. The games aren't counting towards um, the playoffs. And I, I think the two teams had seen enough of each other at that point, and, and that was that was it. Um, Coronado. we got to talk about Coronado because I was shocked. I was following that game on Twitter from the Snyder Press Box. I think Monterey jumped out in that game 28-7, 27-7, 21-7. Either way, that was a really big surprise. I, I, I just, I was really shocked. I, I think that Monterey's a good team. I think that they can win out and make the playoffs. But I didn't know where their head would be after um, a couple of tough losses to open up District um, 2-5A Division One, And they really put it on Coronado until the end. Yeah, it, it was a really good game. I showed up there right uh, around halftime. I left the, uh, the Cooper game beforehand and headed over to the Monterey-Coronado game at that half. And I was really surprised to see that Monterey was up by so many points uh, at that point in the game. I know I'd heard from other media members around town that they thought that Monterey could easily or could win that district. And I think I said that at the beginning of the year too. And and so yeah, just like you said, like Monterey looks like a really good team. Hutch has a real good uh, program over there and a lot of good players. And. I just, I really like Coronado personally, and so I saw that game. I was really shocked to see that Coronado was down, and for Coronado to come back in the way they did with a, a last-second touchdown to win the game in the opposite fashion of how they lost to Cooper a few weeks ago uh, in last-second touchdown or in a uh, double uh, overtime, yeah, overtime yeah. game. Where they went for two, where Cooper went for two and won the game like that, but just to see the the game come that close with Coronado multiple times, it was interesting to see it happen the opposite direction for Coronado uh, that week. And these are really the games that can help forge a team because let's face it, there aren't a lot of teams around this area that that can really touch the talent that that Coronado has amassed over the past couple of years. Odessa High was one. Monterey is now one, Cooper's one, but other than that, it's been pretty easy for them. And and you know that that's the greatest fear is as you begin to look at exiting Region One and, and running into a Denton Ryan or some something of that caliber again. Denton Ryan's obviously looking very good again this year, um, and yeah, those games can only help you. So that that was definitely a good win, and I'm guessing it's pretty emotional after that one. By the way, Caden Hensley caught the game-winning touchdown with four seconds left. But I'm guessing, can you, can you tell me about the emotion that you saw after that? Yeah, yeah. So I was up in the press box. I uh, was busy managing the paper at that point in the game. So I uh, was up in the press box, box watching that happen. And uh, you just watched Coronado march down the field with that play. Um, and they just they took the ball in, threw it in. Uh, he caught it right at the, the goal line. And the, the celebration was just crazy, watching all the players, all the coaches, all the fans um, celebrating from the, the away side of the stadium, which is in itself strange seeing Coronado on the opposite side of Flowery Field. Um, but it was, a, it was really exciting to see the, uh, the celebration at the end of the game with a win like that. 
Well, moving on to week nine, coincidentally, Cooper's going to kick off this week with a Thursday game at Wichita Falls High. Uh, I, th- I think we kind of know the direction this game's going. Estacado beat Wichita Falls High, a significantly larger Wichita Falls High school um, earlier this season. Uh, Cooper has a lot to prove, I think. I think they really want that district championship, so I'm, I'm not particularly concerned about the one. Isaiah Johnson, um, the junior, uh, he, he's uh, working for scholarship offers right now. I, I believe he's got one uh, from Incarnate Word right now, which, um, you know, the Eric Morris connection from Texas Tech. But I think he's going to blow up, and uh, I think he's going to eclipse 1,000 yards in this game. I think he missed the first game of the season uh, for whatever reason. He has 128 yards and 16 touchdowns on the ground alone and a couple of receiving touchdowns as well. Um, I think it's it, it's going to be a fun prop bet to, to watch and see if he can eclipse 1,000 yards in this particular game or, or whether it will, rather or rather it will come um, next week. But but he's very, very close. Odessa High at Friendship, I'm actually really excited about this game because I, I've seen um, Odessa High play uh, Monterey. Monterey gave him a pretty good game. Um, Saw Coronado battle with them. And I really want to know how good this friendship team is right here in the present, but also moving forward in the future because they've got some really young players that are, that are making an impact just as what happened last year. They, they've matured a little bit, and then they're going to continue. I mean, uh, you look at their quarterback, Jess Hull, who um, is a freshman. You, you know, you want to say a true freshman. It's kind of awkward just to say freshman but he, he got thrown into the mix and, and he's been holding his own uh they've retooled their offense a little bit to to help him and compliment him I, if they can win this game i'm pretty excited about them having a chance at the postseason there's not there's obviously permian left to play um their quarterback just committed to texas the other day but i think this game could easily be a turning point for the tigers and then moving on um lubbock high is going to go sorry rather Abilene Cooper is going to visit Lubbock High on Friday. Uh, we'll be covering that game. And um, really, it looks like Lubbock High is going to have to win out against some, some pretty stout competition. Um, we've got Plainview, Wichita Falls Rider on Friday. Same kind of situation. I think Plainview's back's against the wall, and it's, it's really now or never. But my game, and I'm really excited about this one, is uh, Colorado City, Colorado at Abernathy. And really looking forward to this one. Um, it's a 7-0 Colorado team against a 6-1 Abernathy team. Abernathy's loss came to a really good Wellington team, and they were without Bryson Daly, who's just a week removed from passing 5-for-5. Um, 5-for-6. Five five, five for sorry, 6-for-6 six six for five touchdowns and 164 yards. He won our Lone Star Varsity Player of the Week award last week. Really excited to see him go and, and get paired up with Cole Carlisle, who's also getting close to 1,000 yards against a Colorado team that loves to throw the ball. Their quarterback's at 1,300 yards. They're, they're barely balanced, but they lean toward their pass. And what makes me excited about this game for Abernathy is just the fact that that the, the Antelopes, they, they run the ball, they can control the clock. And also, for a team that throws as much as, as um, Colorado does, Abernathy's got 10 interceptions. So really looking forward to that one. I'm excited to see you assigned to that game for me, too. So where was Bryson Daly during the uh, the loss against Wellington, and how is he doing now? Yeah, Bryson Daly had some kind of minor injury, and they didn't really want to disclose it because they didn't want people attacking it. But but as far as I know, he's at full health. Um, and, and the great thing about it is they haven't really needed him to, to be a superhero um, this season. 
and he's fully capable of that. I mean, we're talking about a force, you know, four sports superstar. He excels in basketball. He was our co-hitter of the year on the Lone Star Varsity baseball super team. He won bronze and discus, and he's a standout quarterback who might have a future, whether it's a quarterback or on the defensive side at linebacker or safety at a major university. So <laughs> it's really good. He's been at full health, I believe, for two weeks now. And it seems like they've just hit another level with them. So I kind of wish they could replay that Wellington game, but they can't. Um, Wellington 2A, um, Abernathy Little 3A. So Yeah, it's it's been really exciting over the years actually seeing uh, Bryson Daly grow up uh, from being a freshman starter over at that, that Abernathy team a couple of years ago to – uh, where he is now as a junior leading that team with his dad as the coach. Yeah, it's, it's insane. I mean, we've still got just about half his career. I mean, if, if you want to look at it, like this game is basically the beginning of the five-eighths mark of his career. And it's been an exciting career and really looking forward to seeing um, what he does in baseball, um, basketball, and then um, track and field once again. And by the way, when he won that bronze they were also in the baseball playoffs at the same time. They had swept the the opponent the night before, drove down to Austin, gets a bronze medal. So, <laughs> uh, A couple of other games that stand out. Let me take a look real quick. Um, Brownfield-Denver City is a game that, that's really got me intrigued. That's that's a big one in um, District 1, 3A Division 1. It's a four-team district, so all teams are going to the playoffs. So I guess it's not really that big, but th- I, I think this game's for the district championship, and, and I'm going to be keeping a close eye on that one. Yeah, that, that that would about cover it, I think. I think we've got a lot of good games, um, too many to go into, into great detail about. Um, but I think, we've, um, I think we've covered the top ones. So, uh, Brad, just want to thank you for coming on. Absolutely, Mike. <laughs> Thanks for filling in. We believe we're under the impression that Carlos Silva will return from Kansas City at some point. Hopefully. And be on future <laughs> podcasts. But, Brad, really appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to Friday. All right. Thank you very much, Mike.